Hello, you are listening to Forefront. This is Adam and Christina Hannon. We've been married for 16 years. We have four kids, and this is a special episode of Forefront. This episode is called Navigating the Minefields. When we talk about minefields today, we're talking about conflict in any relationship, and what it all boils down to is selfishness. And it's going to show up. Because we are all (laughs) selfish, whether we like it or not. So when we see it, How do we handle this? And this is a tricky one because ultimately selfishness is something that you have to fight yourself. I'm the one who has to fight my selfishness. You can't fight that for me. Mm -hmm. You can encourage me and you can uh, assist me, help me, but you can't fight it for me. So really at the root of fighting the selfishness, that's something that's a different topic for another podcast or different time. Yes, but what we're talking about today is just imagining this field and just kind of sifting through these potential minds and avoiding conflict or how do we behave in conflict Mm. to diffuse the situation. Right, and there are things uh, that we can do both proactively and reactively. And that's what we're talking about today on Forefront. When it comes to reacting to selfishness, when it kind of explodes in your face, whether it's in a marriage conflict or a social interaction or gathering with a group of people, or maybe just within your family, it's going to result in some conflict or maybe somebody expressing some unrealistic expectations of someone or even passive aggressive anger that's been stuffed down for too long and then Mm -hmm. it just kind of comes to an ugly head right this is that minefield that I'm talking about so I think that you do a really great job Adam of diffusing those situations when they come up when they come up sure and the way you do that is so it's so lighthearted and so simple. I'm always amazed at it and it always works. And I just like, why don't I do this? But but I don't. Um, and I need to. But what you do is you just laugh. <laughs> and it's genius because your laughter just disarms the whole awkwardness of the situation i think when you when you laugh about something what's happening is you are recognizing the absurdity of the situation so the person who's being selfish and displaying selfishness yeah they know usually i think they know when you know at least i do when after i've said something or done something i'm like oh that was a bad you know like shouldn't have said that or done that but it's too late, right? It's already out. And oh, so sure. and so when there's laughter, it's like it's a recognition that, yeah, that was inappropriate. But you you laugh and you give that permission to say, like, that was ridiculous, you know. <laughs> so you're not excusing the behavior. Mm-mm. You're recognizing the absurdity. But then you relieve that person of the embarrassment that goes along with their selfish behavior. Mm-hmm. And you give them the opportunity to just kind of laugh it off. The anger just rolls off. And I'm always amazed that it works. (laughs) So here's the trick, though. You laugh at the suggestion or the behavior, never at the person. Yes. 
Hmm. Maybe that's the key. That and I think maybe being able to step back and see things more objectively, which Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's my mindset. That's my strength when it comes to mindset is seeing things objectively so I can separate out the person from the act or the suggestion or whatever it is or the blow up. Mm -hmm. And I guess maybe how I see the world, like I can see the fun the funny, the comical, and the absurd. Like, I can recognize that. And I, sometimes I just can't help but laugh. But it's amazing because you recognize it immediately in the moment where most people will say, like, well, maybe we'll laugh about this someday. Mm-hmm. Like, down the road when we're over the, you know, the emotions or whatever, the yeah. hardship of the situation, then we'll be able to look back and laugh on it. But you're able to do that. In the moment. And you hope other people do it too. Why wait? Why wait? It's way more fun to laugh than to get upset. <laughs> it's funny to me that you're bringing this up because just last week I had a Zoom call with some of my old high school buddies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fun to be able to catch up. Everybody's on Zoom. All these workplaces are on Zoom. Why not you know, reconnect with some old friends on Zoom? One of my friends brought up a high school memory that he has of me, which goes right along with what you're saying. I guess we were at some get-together, probably watching pro wrestling, right? (laughs) That's what you do. There was some tension building between two of the guys. Of course, it starts out jokingly, but then it escalates into anger, tension. And one of the guys actually punched a hole in the wall because he was so upset. And at that moment, like all conversation stops... Everybody just turns around at this guy. It's like, oh. So I just looked at the hole. Then I looked at the friend who punched the w- hole in the wall. I'm like, dude, nice shot. And I started laughing. <laughs> and, you know, this guy was so furious. He just punched a hole in the wall. Two seconds later, he's laughing. Everybody's laughing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um yeah, it eases the tension in the room because yeah. nobody else knows how to respond. I mean, you're right. sitting there watching this and everyone's tense. Nobody knows what to say. Yeah. So just laugh. So just laugh. <laughs> but you're right. Don't laugh at the person. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> laugh alongside them. Yeah. Because we've all been there. We've all made bad choices. Yep. Big mistakes. Every one of us. So that's a way to be reactive in the social mind field, right? Mm-hmm. Christina, I think you're really good at being proactive when it comes to diffusing these minds and these blow-ups. And the way that you do that is simply you're willing to sit yourself out and let other people enjoy themselves. Uh, hmm. I saw this just last night. We were playing this game called, was it Nukem? Yeah, <laughs> It's like this volleyball net. You got the volleyball, and instead of like typical volleyball, you throw the ball, not hit the ball. Mm -hmm. And if the ball hits the ground, whoever was closest to the ball is out. And sometimes it's hard to figure out like who is actually the closest. Closest. And so that was creating a lot of conflict, honestly, where you see friends arguing about who's going out. Yeah. That's not a fun game. You don't want to see sibling rivalry over something that should have been fun. Right. 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 But uh, I did notice this last night. There were two of our kids who were closer to the ball than you were. We knew it was going to be a close call. And you just said, oh, that's on me. I'm out. That was it. And you sat out. Yeah. It's just making that choice of 
you know what, this relationship is more important to me than the conflict or the win. Or the game, which was supposed to be fun. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But we're all competitive. There's that selfishness, right? Mm -hmm. Because I want to be in still. I want to keep playing. Mm -hmm. Where you were able to put that aside and just step away and say, I'm out. Which is not something that comes natural to me at all. I'm so competitive in nature. <laughs> That's true. And and really so selfish in nature that it's this massive work of intention hmm. that I need to remind myself every day. And the only way I think to fight against that is to just be radically selfless. Hmm. I remember years ago when... Our kids were just babies and toddlers, and I was part of this mom's group. And the pastor's wife was teaching us on a Tuesday morning, and she was talking about this rule in the Old Testament that David had set up when he was going out and fighting and conquesting and getting all this plunder from these cities that he had conquered. The thought was the people who went out as the warriors, that they decided they should get the spoil. And David said, no, we're going to split it evenly among both the people that went out to conquer and then the people who stayed behind watching over the baggage. And so it was this equal share of the people who were going and doing that kind of more exciting or glamorous or horrible and gruesome. I don't know. I'm not a warrior. I guess it's just (laughs) whatever it was. But and then there were the people who were staying behind with the baggage. And they, David said, it's it's all, it's an equal share. Everybody gets a portion. And she said, you know, in mothering, in your marriage, there's going to be times when you have to sit out. You have to stay behind, let your husband go and do the, the glamour work for a while, and you have to stay home with the babies. And there's going to be times when you just have to sit out during Newcomb because it's just not worth it, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's fun to play. I would love to stay in the game and make the big win, right? But it's not the most important thing. And so taking that step out and just saying, you know what, that's on me. I'm sorry I messed that up. And I should have been there to catch a ball or whatever it is. And and that's just kind of a silly example. Sure. There's a million big hard-hitting really horrible examples in daily life. I mean, this isn't a minefield, right? It's right. going to come up to your left, to your right, you know, five feet in front of you. It's it's everywhere and in every situation. So just trying to step out and say, okay, you take that win. You do the glamour job here and, and I'm going to stay home and wash the dishes and do the laundry. And it's hard work sometimes. It's thankless work sometimes. Mm. And it's important work sometimes, but the most important part is that ability to fight against the selfishness that is inside of myself to proactively create fewer minds in the future. Wow. I didn't know there was so much intention going in there. I thought you were just trying to be kind. Oh, no, I'm not kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know funny. that. You know that. <laughs> Okay, uh, do we have time for a story? Because there's another example I have of you sitting yourself out so that somebody else could enjoy the uh, the more glamorous part of something. Sure. 
So last summer, we were on this big family road trip to New York City, right? Mm -hmm. And we were coming back through the mountains of Pennsylvania. We were going to pass right through Scranton. And if you're fans of The Office, the TV show The Office, (laughs) that's where the show is based out of. Not where it's Uh filmed, but that's where it's based out of. And some of the intro, like the opening credit scene, they have shots of actual Scranton, Pennsylvania, including the sign that says Scranton welcomes you. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking... All I want is us to get a family picture by that sign that says Scranton welcomes you. That's all we need. And we were both super excited for that. Yeah. So we're driving through the mountains of Pennsylvania, and it was just beautiful that evening. (laughs) But as we're getting closer, you you were doing some research on your phone. I was Mm -hmm. driving. And you found that, oh, wow, they replaced that sign. The sign still exists. It's just in a shopping mall. Like, second floor of a shopping mall in town. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, let's go to the mall then. What, how late is it open? And he said, it closes at 8. Now, we were 32 miles away from Scranton, and it was 7.30. Yeah, it was close. It's like, okay, I was driving fast <laughs> because we got to get to that shopping mm, mall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we pull into Scranton, and it's like, it's like, 757 right (laughs) and we're two blocks away so we pull up to a red light two blocks away from the mall Mm -hmm. you said the only way that this is going to work is if only one of us goes because we can't you know the kids are in the back seat sleeping there's no time to park yeah we can't do that Mm -hmm. it has to be one of us and you said and it's you so at this red light you know, we got out and we switched seats. So now Chinese you're driving. Fire drill. Yeah, yep. totally. So you're driving and now I'm in the passenger seat and you're just gonna let me out and then and then <laughs> zoom on. So we get to the next stoplight and it turns red. I'm like, see ya. Yeah, you jump out. What we didn't realize is that you had the car keys in your pocket. Right. <laughs> the key fob or whatever they call it, right? So we'll get we'll circle back to that. Because <laughs> that was potential for conflict, too. <laughs> so so you were so willing to let me go and enjoy this. So I ran that final block, you know, and I get to the mall doors. Oh, it's locked. Oh, it's locked. Go to the next one. Oh, it's locked. Go to the next one. What last door? It's open. It's like 7.59 and a half, right? And I get into the mall. And they had this rope there, and I see, you know, mall closed, and I, I can hear on the loudspeaker, like, please exit the mall. The mall is closed. It's like, wow, they're <laughs> aggressive here. But come on. I, I'm all this way. All I need is one picture, right? Yeah. Yep. So I cross over the rope. You've and worked security too long. You know, like, these ropes are just visual, visual deterrents. <laughs> they so don't mean anything. <laughs> here's the crazy part. Coming towards me is a mall security guy. I can see the spiral staircase to the left of him. And I know I need to go up those stairs to get to that sign. So I get closer to the mall security guy and I point to the right and I say, look, a distraction. No. He looked that way and I took off to the other way. I, didn't I took hear off to this the left. Part of the story. No, you did not. I did. I said, look, there's a distraction. <laughs> he looked. I went up the staircase on the left. And uh, there's the sign. Awesome. I get a selfie with the sign that says, Scranton welcomes you. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, 
this is my tie to the office now. Yeah, that was worth it, right? Yeah. So I, <laughs> I safely make it out of the mall after getting that wonderful picture. And uh, I don't know where you are. Apparently, uh, what the kids woke up and needed to use the potty. Yeah. It was one of those emergency situations like, we need a bathroom now. And most of the gas stations in Scranton don't have restrooms that you can use. And you had the keys. So. Right. So you got back to the car to find a different place. And the car wouldn't start because I had the <laughs> keys. So you were kind of... It was a frustrating thing for you. It was a sloppy situation. But if we <laughs> if we were better at planning... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we knew we were going through Scranton. Mm-mm. It was a surprise on the way. And we're like, oh, yeah. this is amazing. We we're going right it. through Scranton. Mm-hmm. We're stopping. Yeah. So meanwhile, as you're trying to frantically find a bathroom for our kids, I'm enjoying the sights of downtown Scranton. It's like, there's the there's, there's the paper, paper company <laughs> that now has the Dunder Mifflin sign on it. Oh, it was just wonderful. Um, but yeah, you really took them for the team. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you were the one who was running into the mall because I would not have jumped over the rope, pointed out a fake distraction to the security, (laughs) and sprinted up a spiral staircase. So, well well done. You demonstrated character. I need to repent of some things. So. So those are some of the ways, both reactive and proactive, that we have found in navigating the minefields. Yes, so we hope that this will help you to laugh about things in the moment. Don't wait until someday when you can laugh about things. Do it right away. And be willing to take that ownership and and step out and let somebody else take the win. This is Forefront with Adam and Christina Hannon. We encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and check out our website too at ForefrontPodcast.com.